A really, really powerful tool might be to say, what's the story you're telling yourself right now? Rather than giving into solving the question, when you do that personal check-in, when you do that, whether it's red, yellow, green, or whether it's just that moment where like you're coming into the conversation and it's not an accusator, it's not an, a license to accuse the other person. It's an invitation for someone to look inward and say, this is what I'm bringing into that relationship. Because in order to see the other is not irrational and against an immense sky, we need to understand that there's always a rationale behind their behavior. And it's usually love, safety, or belonging. It's usually a wish for love, safety, or belonging. The challenge is that their behavior can trigger us and our behavior can trigger them. And so the trick is to really interrupt that pattern and go back to sort of the previously agreed upon structures. Welcome to the Reboot Podcast. We are so glad you're here. I have to admit something. This podcast introduction has been incredibly difficult for me to write. I've written multiple versions, I've tried lots of different things, and I've ended up scrapping. If I'm honest, I feel quite a bit of pressure to do this really well, to do this right. Not only because the topic today of partnerships is just critical for any startup organization, but it feels critical for life. And I also feel particularly connected to our guests as I've had a chance to get to know them and so admire both who they are and how they do their work. So I am definitely putting more pressure on myself than usual. And the anxiousness and the pressure, the stress, well, it spilled over into bedtime last night. Do you want to talk about it? My wife said, sensing my anxiousness and asking how she might help. So I reluctantly leaned in. As I shared the shreds of different introductions, I could feel myself tensing up. She was just there listening to help. And I could see now that I was sharing to impress. She waited for me to finish, and then she offered up some ideas. And I immediately began telling myself a story of what was really going on. She not only thought my ideas were bad, but she was also starting to question at how good I was at my job and my work. And it happened that quickly. I felt myself shut down. And she sensed that I was shutting down, and she shut down. And we buried ourselves in our phones and our books. And then my daughter cried in her sleep, and I left to attend her. And with that, the conversation was over. And what was an anxious situation for me, where I felt stuck, quickly became just an icky one. Now, the irony is not lost on me. In an attempt to write a podcast introduction about partnerships, I ended up in an icky situation with my most important partnership. Now, my wife and I have a good relationship. It has definitely been hard over the last five years as we have added three kids to our household while continuing to both engage in fulfilling and busy careers. Ultimately, the time that was originally just for us is now really just for them. We've had real stretches where things have been incredibly hard, where the idea of even a little bit of time for us was impossible. We might as well have been talking about a trip to the moon. But we have made it work. Then at some point, we realized that the partnership wasn't just another item on the to-do list between paying the bills or putting the kids to bed, but it was in fact the very paper the to-do list was written on. It is the container the rest of our lives sits on. And if we don't invest in the container, then everything else can fall apart. We're recommitted to each other and to us, and we're in a good partnership. But what if time and practice can make it great? Now, here's the thing that I see and I've learned about partnerships. They are not something you figure out, something you just get right and you move on. They are a practice, and they are a mirror ever showing new angles. Our most important partnerships are constantly showing us where we might be stuck, stuck in our own growth. The persistent and recurring stories that we tell ourselves about the world and how others are in it. In the partnership, not only lies the container by which our families or organizations are built, but the container by which we can find our fullest adult selves. The practice becomes means to connection, to love, to safety, and to growth. Now, the stories that both my wife and I were telling ourselves last night, well, they're not new. 
But in our practice, we have come to see both for ourselves and for each other that they're just stories. They are not the truth. She doesn't think my ideas are bad or that I'm not good at my work. They are not facts. And slowly but surely, we can write new stories for ourselves and for each of us. And the container is reinforced and the practice continues and we grow individually and together. I often encounter partnerships, whether it be co-founders in a company or partners in a venture firm, who come to us and say, we want to invest in getting the partnership right so that the business can succeed. But our guests today, Sarah and Matthias, approach things a bit differently. The company is a mean to successful partnership, not the other way around. Sarah is the co-founder and CEO. Matthias is the CTO and partner at Reaction Commerce. They came to Reboot and Jerry to commit to the practice of their own partnership, to write the story of us. And in this discussion, they explore the different stories that they tell themselves, the fears they hold for each other, and ultimately how they can grow individually and collectively through practice and commitment. What if the partnership is not just another cargo item on the cargo ship that sits between the product plan and the fundraising strategy? What if it's the very ship itself? And how might you ensure the ship is ready to weather the storms? Enjoy. Hi, this is Jerry Colonna. Thanks for listening to the Reboot Podcast. Check out my book, Reboot, Leadership and the Art of Growing Up. I hope it really moves you. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning, Matthias. It's great to see you both. You know, it's just weird to see the two of you simultaneously because I've known you both from different angles and I'm just excited about that. So thank you for coming on the show. And why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Sarah, why don't you start us off? So Jerry, thanks so much for, for having us. It's so lovely to, to be here with you. So I'm Sarah Hicks. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Reaction Commerce. Reaction is an open source and real-time commerce engine for retailers and for developers. I'm based in Los Angeles and we're a globally distributed team. I think we're currently on four different continents and eight different time zones, which is probably a good lead into my business partner and CTO, Matthias, who's based in Berlin. Oh, no, you already did the introduction for me. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm Matthias, a CTO at Reaction. Uh, I live in Berlin in Germany. Um, I have, uh, in a formal life, I was a CEO and one of the co-founders of Travis CI, a company that originated here in Berlin as well. And before we go into the how, tell me, tell me just sort of briefly what would be helpful to talk through today. So Matthias, I'll, I'll start and, and obviously jump in, but, uh, so Matthias and I are about, I think nine months into our business partnership, uh, and, we're wondering questions, answers to questions like, what is us? Uh, we've come into this relationship uh, eager to not repeat previous patterns. So we had previous challenges with co-founder relationships. So we've both entered in eager, but also maybe even hesitant uh, and maybe a little bruised and a little scar tissue. And so we're... You know, we know that we carry our history with us and we're trying to figure out how do we, you know, do our best to, to not repeat some of those patterns and establish a good blueprint for this business partnership. And we wonder about roles and what does it mean to be CEO and CTO and what does it mean to be boss versus manager and, hmm. um, you know, some, some deep topics. And we want to do this in a way that's uh, really values, you know, our our history, our cultures, we're nine time zones apart. Uh, we're from different countries. And uh, so we're, we're at that stage where we want to put in place some sort of operating agreement for how we communicate and how we give each other feedback. Mm. That's wonderful. Matthias, would you add anything or alter anything? Uh, no, I think Sarah and I, we've, we've, we've talked through this uh, often, often enough that she caught it very well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before we dive in on that, why don't you tell me a little bit more about how you met? I actually don't know this story and I, I'm really dying to know this. Well, maybe I'll start with that one. Yeah. Um, so I, I left my company, uh, my, my former company about, you know, beginning, beginning of last year, 2018. 
Um, and, you know, started, well, it took, took a little bit of time off to recover and then started looking for, well, what I could do. I was, you know, doing a little bit of coaching and also mentoring, specifically engineering managers and, you know, other people, people in CTO roles. Um, and I still got interested in the work, basically, you know, helping others figure out things about their organization helped me figure out that I'm also interested in doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after a while, I, you know, I zeroed in on what I, what I'm, what I'm looking for and started putting out a request, you know, like an outline of here's what I value. Here's what's important to me. Here's what I'm looking for. Here's, you know, here are my values, but here's what I'm, you know, what I'm thinking about. Here's what I write. And one of the, amongst the 50, 50 companies that I had contact with in that, uh, in that process, you know, one email came from Sarah. Um, and I would say that her email, I was actually looking at it just earlier this week, was started on a very different tone or on a very different level. Let me put it like that, where, uh, you know, she, she told she, she talked about what reaction commerce is and what they're doing. And she also talked about, you know, being, uh, you know, having been to a reboot bootcamp and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, being in a reboot circle and something, something about that appealed to me because I've, you know, I've been, I've been an avid reboot follower for a long time. Um, and there was basically, there was a signal to me that, you know, this is, uh, this could be an opportunity to, to not just find a job, but, you know, find a different kind of relationship, if you will. And so we started talking. And so I think our first conversations were also, you know, a lot more uh, around, you know, relationship building about, you know, trying to understand each other, trying to understand how we think, what we value. Um, and we also started, you know, with, uh, with chickens, even our very, our very first meeting, uh, we started with the traffic light and we kept, you know, we kept on going with that pattern I think, until today. I'm going to circle back to a bunch of things and, and really, I really appreciate that. So what was it, Matthias, about Sarah's note to you? Not so much about Reboot, although it's, it's wonderful to hear that, that we're there. But what, what, did, what story did you tell yourself? What did you hear in her sharing of that? Um, I think the things, the things I was hearing were... You know, here's someone who wants to build, you know, different kind of companies, maybe a humane place to work and who focuses, who puts a lot of effort and focus on, you know, building relationships and, you know, finding people who share, share values. Um, I think in the early stages, it wasn't really, it didn't really occur to me that this is a, you know, potential business partnership. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't know that that's actually was what I was looking for, which I only figured out later. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, at that point, it was the relationship piece because you know previous relationships have been challenging. I I was looking for a place where, you know, maybe that's I think safe is the right word. That's safe where you can have open and frank conversations with someone. And this, you know, Sarah's emails seem to be well, promising in that regard. And so I think this proved quickly in the conversations that we've had following. Mm-hmm. Sarah, do you recall the email? Oh, I do. Yeah, I, I recall the morning that I sent it. I, you know, it was, I, I happened to see that uh, Matthias had posted a tweet. It was early in the morning, local time. And um, I've been a, I called it yesterday. I've been a fan of Matthias's for some time. I call it the Matthias Admiration Society. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm learning is a pretty big society. Uh, uh, count me as one. <laughs> yeah, me, I'm, I'm in it. Uh, and I just happened to see it, and I, I knew it would generate quite a bit of interest. And I uh, also knew that he and I valued a lot of similar things in terms of culture and companies and minimum vacations and personal check-ins. And so I dropped everything. It was early in the morning and wrote a short but tried to be heartfelt just connect with him on reboot and minimum vacations and coaching and open source. You know, I knew that that was also a, a connection. And as Matias said, I think, you know, from there, our very first video call was personal check-ins. I also felt a sense of 
urgency. I didn't know how many companies he was talking to, but I knew it was probably significant. So I purposely, and maybe more so than I do with other folks I'm trying to recruit, I was more intentional. I put, I, I created a doc pretty early on, maybe after our first or second conversation, and I outlined different scenarios. And it was, you know, it was like throwing something over that maybe felt a little too soon and a little too risky, but it was, uh, it really helped give us a, a guiding kind of thing, to, something to focus on. And we ended up establishing an interim CTO for two months and moved it to full-time CTO into the summer last year. It's a, it's a wonderful story. And I want to reflect back um, a phrase that you just used, Sarah, which was um, a little too soon, perhaps a little too soon, a little too risky. And there's this kind of uh, sweet vulnerability in uh, putting yourself out there in that way. Yeah, it felt, it felt awkward to, I mean, in that document, I already proposed salary options. I talked about equity and things that, you know, normally happen a little later after a little bit more kind of back and forth. And, but I, it was just in my heart and gut kind of what felt right. And Ultimately, I think it was a really helpful thing for us to focus on. And we didn't, you know, we didn't have to question too much. And now I'm thinking, why don't we, why don't I do that all the time? <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, because I think implicit in that may actually, implicit in this exploration of, the, of what is us, and I'm going to start calling it the story of us, mm-hmm. right? Implicit in this may, in fact, be not just a blueprint for the two of you, but a blueprint for how to be. Because, Matthias, what I also heard is that you, in effect, put the values of who you are out there. Perhaps a little too soon, a little too risky. Perhaps. You know, and put that in the, let's call it the pragmatic, practical bucket that we often use when we are thinking about taking a new position, that that sort of thing. But I'm curious, you got this note, Sarah extended herself, and then perhaps at a follow-up time or, or as concomitant with that in the Google Doc, she sort of opened up. How was that? What was that like hearing that and... and encountering that i think the document at first was surprising given everything that was outlined in there mm-hmm. um but i think you know I, I talked about transparency before and i think this was another piece where you know a you know like i we, we talked about you know we, we we call it putting you know sarah putting herself out there to me it was just you know another sign of hey, we can really be transparent and open. And I think back in the day, we also used the word candid with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that just, it, it reaffirmed, you know, what I've, what, I've, uh, what I've felt or what I've understood in the, from, from the email that she originally sent. Mm-hmm. It was a, you know, the transparency wasn't just a, a, a one-off, so to speak. It was, you know, it was, it was a thing that we could, you know, build a relationship on and, it's ultimately what, what drew me to reaction. Mm. So is it fair to say, and I'll, I'll reframe this a little bit, you let me know if this feels like it fits, what drew you to reaction was Sarah being real? Yes. That's a good way to put it, yes. And so Sarah, just let that one land. Because it's a little too soon and a little too risky to be real, isn't it? At least that's the way we're socialized. Right. Yeah. It's scary, but it's really scary. Yeah. And at that time I'm, you know, the, the CEO sole kind of executive I'm putting, you know, feeling pretty lonely. Uh, so yeah, it's, it feels great to hear that it's, you know, and Matthias and I have talked about this, that this is what separated reaction from the 49 other companies that were, um, you know, in, in pursuit and it, it's so clear that, that we've bonded and built a pretty special relationship that's already on a different level. And I think we both understand that 
the relationships more important than the roles and responsibilities. Um, Can you say that one more time? Uh, the relationships are. I, I think we I think we have this understanding that the relationship is just as important, if not more important, than the roles and responsibilities. Even though the roles and responsibilities and the expectations inherent in those are very important, and that's what we're like. Okay, what is what does it mean to be CEO and CTO, really? Right. And what's appropriate for giving feedback? And I'm I'm the CEO, so there's inherent structure and hierarchy there. And but I also want feedback and and um, help and a partnership. And so we're navigating all of that, and it's an a, a, it's lovely, and it's also a little scary and a little awkward and a, um, you know, there's, you know, it's well, they, they, uncharted they, territory sometimes. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and maybe, maybe imagine if you will. And you, again, you always correct me, either one of you, if these, if this doesn't feel right, but I'm imagining that in that openness, in that vulnerability, in that desire to craft a different way in the relationship there's an ambiguity that can occur. There's a, there's, and that, that therefore can create a sense of uncertainty and perhaps even some fear. Um, and if those, do those words land properly or land with you guys? They, they, they do with me. I actually think the word ambiguity is something we're um, questioning right now is, um, you know, we've, we're, we're, very iterative, experimental, and early stage. So things are changing and transforming. Um, but I think there's now ambiguity in terms of, um, you know, roles and expectations and, and communication styles that now we need to maybe sharpen a little bit. Mm. Mm. Does, so, that, uh, does that word uh, work for you, Matthias? It does. I mean, Sarah mentioned, you know, hesitation before, and I think the uncertainty, the hesitation is a, is a result from, you know, the, the uncertainty or the ambiguity. Yeah. And which could also lead to fear. The yeah. fear of, you know, where is this going? Where are we going? You know? Why doesn't she tell me what she wants? Right. Because it could, it could actually, that fear can quickly turn into an aggression. Mm. And what I'm hearing is based on your histories, I'm imagining that there was a there, that you're coming into this relationship with a commitment to do things differently, to seek something different, and to be different in the relationship. So I want to just pause and celebrate and honor um, the bravery implicit in stepping into. Someone used the word before. I think perhaps it was you, sir. The intentionality. The intention of crafting this relationship because, and let's honor something else. The traditional command and control hierarchical linear transactional way of being has its place because it rises as a result of the fear of the ambiguity and uncertainty. Mm. Most people are not sociopathic. Most people do not want to wallow in power over. But we often go to a traditional uh, uh, form of interpersonal dialogue and interpersonal relationship because it's scary to do otherwise. And Sarah, you know, you noted that you've been in a reboot circle now, I guess, for two years or so since the boot camp you came. And uh, I think that the experience in the, in the circle is to, to, there is no hierarchy. <laughs> There's a relating. It's, it's, it's how to relate. And you smile and laugh. And I know a little bit of your journey during that time, you know. And Matthias, you, you know, you noted that you've been coaching. And you've been coached. And so that there's a, there's a way of being in that relating, right? It's somewhat mentoring, but it's also not necessarily mentoring. It's meeting someone as they are. And what I'm hearing is this uh, really interesting wish to, to, to bring that more formally and to work with the ambiguity that arises from this and the uncertainty. Is that right? 
Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's spot on. So I'm going to keep using this um, title because it, it really feels right. The sto- in the story of us that is the two of you, um, there's some spaciousness and, and expansiveness. There's some ability. I think, Matthias, you used this term, a, a humane part of the relationship and a wish for humanity in the relating and perhaps even extending into the company. And you're noting that actually there's a new requirement that comes about. Because I'm imagining you don't want the traditional command and control. Sarah's the boss. Here's your job description. Here are your OKRs. Here's your KPIs. Please report in every 30 days. Give me a 30, 60, 90 day plan. Blah. Right. You're both laughing and smiling because that is not the two of you. I'm laughing because there was a plan like that. And, you know, at the the basic level, these things exist. But I think they've they've come about on a different level, you know, not on a uh, on a command and control level, but rather, you know, what you know, what can we do in the in the, you know, to to help the company grow, to help the company scale? You know, that's that's where they were coming from. Right. And so and that makes me smile, because what I hear you realizing is that you're taking from those traditional structures the values that they have but not being bound and 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 straitjacketed by those structures Uh, and so i'm going to suggest that that uh what you set yourselves to the task of doing is actually quite difficult and really quite worth it we sense that. We do yeah, sense that. We yeah. did. And, 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 and the number one skill to focus on is communications. Mm-hmm. And what I'm hearing is there's a wish to design consciously even further more exquisite communications. Um, and I know you've had some conversations and we've used the term blueprint um, and we've used the term operating agreements and operating manuals and all. Um, so let's talk about the rough spots because I think that that can reveal stuff. Where does this beautiful relationship run into challenge? And who went into the red just now? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, so, I mean, the, we, Sir and I, we, we already had a conversation around this uh, very recently. And so I can, I can speak from my, from my experience. I think, you, you know, what you said earlier, uncertainty and fear, I think those words, you know, they, they hit home. Mm. Um, they, 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 they were onto something. And I think for me recently, it's been, you know, I've been wondering, like, am, am I doing the right thing? Am I, you know, or also what, you know, what expectations does Sarah have of me? Or uh, can I give Sarah any kind of feedback, you know, and how, how, how should I give that feedback? So all this, you know, all, all what comes back to communication, as you said, but all, all those are questions that have been going through my head where it's like, mm-hmm. um, just, uh, I think I boiled it down to the question of, you know, what do we need from each other? Because then my coach pointed out, you know, like what, well, what if, you know, you ask yourself all of these questions. And what if, you know, Sarah asked herself the same? Mm. And so this is, uh, this question has been going through my head for, well, just about a week now. Mm. And so that's, that's my, my angle, you know, expectation or what is, what is okay for us to work on? What do we work on? What do we each individually work on? Mm. And then, you know, how do we give each other feedback, guidance, uh, set expectations, or also say, I just can't deal with this right now, you know, because right. that space also should exist. Okay. So I love the coaching that you've gotten and I want to take it in a slightly different way. And Sarah, I'm going to ask you to allow me to just speak directly with Matthias and then we'll pull it back in. So can you go back, Matthias, to some of those questions for a moment? What are Sarah's expectations of me? Can I say those questions aloud and just sort of tune into yourself as you're saying those questions. What are, what are Sarah's expectations of me? What kind of feedback is she open to? 
What expectations does she have for me? What guidance can I ask her for? Okay, so hold right there. How does it feel inside when you say those words? Because even though you know that there's a podcast we're recording and Sarah's right here and all this stuff, what feelings are you having? It still feels tense. It feels yeah. like these are, you know, these are questions that um that are uncomfortable to ask and that I am hesitant to ask. Okay, so let's hang out there for a moment. Okay, and one of the most important uh, things to understand, um, you know, I have a book coming out in a couple of months, and, and there's a chapter in there called "The Immense Sky of the Irrational Other." The immense sky of the irrational other. And I talk about, I use the story of my relationship with my mother as an archetype for understanding the relationship with the other person who is always irrational. And the phrase immense sky comes from the Rilke quote in which he talks about how difficult it is to be in relationship with someone else and how our wish is to see them as whole, W-H-O-L-E, against an immense sky just this expansiveness. And the challenge is to be able to see that other person with, a, with an expansiveness. And the work is actually internal. Hmm. Because the jujitsu move is always, I feel tense, what do I need from the other person? Now, when it gets really aggressive, it becomes like this. I feel tense. You're not making me feel better. We all know that move. And you're both smiling because you both have PTSD. I'm exaggerating. You both have trauma from past relationships, right, that ended with a lot of finger pointing, mm -hmm. right? But there's a wonderful gift implicit in being in relationship with the other. It's a wonderful, painful, difficult gift. And implicit to understanding that gift requires understanding this Buddhist teaching, which goes simply like this. Be grateful to everyone, including those who press our buttons, for they show us where we are stuck. So the tension. What are Sarah's expectations? Watch this. Mateus, what if you get the expectations wrong? Notice the story that you tell yourself. Hmm. I don't know what's, what's going to happen then. Like, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And that means the worst could happen or something terrible could happen. Or Yes. 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 And has have bad things happen as a result of... In your past, have bad things happened as a result of you not knowing, not being able to properly anticipate? I will say yes, they have. Right. It doesn't have to be directly related, mm -hmm. right? To learn an old pattern. Sarah's been to boot camp, so you know the roots of a loyal soldier. We've talked about loyal soldiers before which is this structure that gets embedded in us is the belief system as a wish to protect ourselves. And the loyal soldier might be saying something like this, Matthias. You better know what she wants. Because if you get that wrong, you're going to end up, maybe she won't hurt you, but you're going to end up miserable again. And you know how painful that is. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder, understand what's going on. Or even worse, this feels like a really great relationship, but what if it's not? What if I've been fooled? Now, this may be a projection on my part, but you hear how it starts to go. So mm -hmm. we're going to unpack a little bit of that side of it. Okay. What's it, what is it like for you? So what story do you tell yourself, Matthias? when you don't know what it is you need from each other? What happens if you never have the answers to those questions? Fill in the blanks. There are so many blanks. Mm -hmm. um, 
I think maybe maybe if I you know step back a couple more weeks, I think the uh, the 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 story goes into you know and probably even darker direction. It's like I it's the question of what am I doing here, or am I the right person for this role, or am I you know the am I in the right place? Am I I'm also a foreigner, so to speak, being in German, you know, in the, in the company, but that is. You know, looking back, it feels like it's it's just part of the story. Mm-hmm. It just all felt like you know the it, it accu- I accumulated stories over stories, and that's where the mini blanks came from. And I shared some of these with Sarah when you know when last when I was at the office, but um, it it took me a while to recover from that from from those from those projections or from those stories. Yeah, and I actually find a footing again and say, hey, what what's and have my coach basically pull on me. It's like, what's what's happening? Yeah. What are you really, you know, what 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 do you want to do instead? Yeah. One of the things I often say is that we're it 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 can be helpful to understand that so much of what we seek boils down to love, safety, and belonging. And if any or all of those are threatened, we will go into this kind of red alert state that I'm hearing behind some of the questions. Now, what's, what, I'm, what I'm appreciating is that you're being met, and we're going to turn to Sarah in a second to hear more from her. But if, we, if I could ask you to name, if, if, if those phrases feel right, love, safety, and belonging, which of those or which combination might be implicitly threatened by having gotten these things wrong if you did get them wrong. You're in the wrong place. You're at the wrong company. You chose the wrong one of those 50 companies. I think belonging is, pr- is probably the one that you know, strikes me most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I heard that in the I'm a yeah. foreigner. Yeah. Yeah. I'm an other. I'm over here. I'm a remote worker sitting in my apartment, right? So just hang out there for a moment. We're not going to rush to make it go away and fix it. Mm. That wouldn't be reboot. Um, so Sarah, hearing all of this, what, what, what arises for you? What, what, what comes up for you? So many things. Um, I was... I was listening to this, really appreciating that um, Matthias and I have talked about all of, all of this. So there was nothing here that surprised me, which is really um, a testament to what we've already been able to build. We've talked about um, how he is feeling in terms of being relevant or not feeling relevant, or how can he be um, efficient given the time zones and the um, you know, the, the, the limited overlap we have just in terms of, of hours in our days. And um, I found myself already looking forward to re-listening to this because um, mm-hmm. there was so much, um, so much in there that I think is you were really you tapped into. Um, and me wanting, and then there was also part of me that was like, hmm, like a little bit of maybe imposter syndrome too. Like, wow, if I knew what if I could do my job better, maybe he would know his, I, I, he'd have his expectations lined out and, um, he, right. You know, so, I, I, so I, stay I, with that. What story did you tell yourself? Right. I, I mean, I literally was thinking and have thought multiple times like this, you know, I should be able to give him more guidance or have I more. should be able to. Right. Right. And that voice was in my head through, through, you know, some of this and, um, you know, that like, if I, yeah, I think it's partly, you know, some imposter syndrome or, or just not feeling, uh, feeling alone in this role and, um, wanting so bad it's partly why i think we've we've talked about this being a partnership like let's let's figure it out together but then there's that inherent structure that goes with these titles uh what does the inherent structure imply in the story that you tell yourself 
Finish this sentence for me, Sarah. I should be able to. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I should be able to craft clear roles and responsibilities and expectations and uh, agreements and, and feedback systems. And now I'm saying that uh, those are complicated things. Uh, and do you hear the wish to fix it all behind yeah, all of that? I'm, I'm a fixer for sure. I do. I, I want to like get in there and default to action. And it's uncomfortable for sure. It's uncomfortable to be in the space where it's not fixed. Where you're hearing his experience, which by the way, I did not hear a single accusation. No, neither. Or even a demand for change. Yeah. But I want to put some context on this. One of the, remember the, the context setting uh, observation I made was that this is hard and it's going to require a higher degree of exquisite communications and self-awareness. And so what I'm really in, in, um, encouraging is to not get lost in yet in the action-oriented fixes, but to hang out with the, un, with the uncomfortable, in the uncomfortable spot of actually feeling what was going on. And Sarah, I'm going to reflect back. When you were sharing the story of the origin story, you spoke about feeling alone and then you spoke about no longer feeling alone when you had Matthias and then you felt alone again. Just hearing his experience. Does that resonate? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was just thinking of the, it's still a little awkward. It's still a little scary. uh, And it's still, you know, a little bit lonely and I'm just, recognizing that that even with you know with Matthias here and the foundation we've built it's still a little awkward still a little scary and yeah yeah um, so but it's scary and so let's honor your bravery on the part of both of you not not just to talk to me but to actually be with the feelings and to allow me to hold you in that place of those feelings because they're not done being cooked They're not done being processed. And I know that they're not being done processed because they keep coming back. Because the wish is for the standardized blueprint to figure out how so we don't have those feelings anymore. Okay? So hang out. Go ahead. I caught you. Well, (laughs) it's it's a very human phenomenon. It's uncomfortable. And so we we pull away from it. Right. But there's just as the other, just like the other teaches us where we are stuck. Those experiences, if we approach them as opportunities for practice, as opportunities to be worked on, give us the opportunity to then craft the answers that we're actually looking for, which is in this moment of uncertainty, ambiguity and fear and all the story making that I go through. Your coach, Mateus, gave you a question. What do we need from each other? In that moment, oftentimes all we need is to be heard. Mm. All we need is a little air taken out of that story I'm telling myself. Because the story that Mateus tells himself is that he doesn't belong. And the story that Sarah tells herself is she's not as good as everybody thinks she is. And if Matthias finds out, what's going to happen, Sarah? He's going to go to one of these 49 other companies that are out there. (laughs) And I'll be alone again. I'll be alone. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Right. The threat to belonging is so powerful. Mm -hmm. And in the story of us that is the two of you, there's the mutual wish for belonging. Oh, this is the person. This is my partner. See, now what we're doing is we're identifying the thing that bridges the two of you. How you both relate 
to the fear of not belonging may be a little different, but you have the same fear. Because if I don't belong anywhere, Matthias, where am I? I'm alone. Yeah. Yeah. And part of what human beings want, even if they crave solitude, as I do occasionally, they don't want to be alone. Hmm. So in building a blueprint, in building a conscious set of agreements for the two of you, we won't be able to walk through every step, which is what the wish is. Tell me Mm. what questions that we know so that we can have the agreement so that we can place that. Give me the checklist. (laughs) Yeah, you want the checklist. I'm going to give you the most important tool. And that is to disrupt, to identify that you're telling yourself a story even when you're making the, quest, uh, the questions. Brene Brown does this very well in her work. The story I'm telling myself is that I'm going, and it usually is going to end up with a threat to love, safety, or belonging. Mm. So Sarah, when Mateus is not really sure what you meant in that email, is not really sure what you meant, Right. His wish for more clarity may be a wish to not get it wrong. And Mateus, when Sarah is perhaps looking for structure that that may feel awkward in some points or, or whatever it is that triggers it, she may be wishing to not fail and be found out as not being as good as people think she is. And a really, really powerful tool might be to say, what's the story you're telling yourself right now? Rather than giving into solving the question, when you do that personal check-in, when you do that, whether it's red, yellow, green, or whether it's just that moment where like you're coming into the conversation. And um, it's not an accusator. It's not an, a license to accuse the other person. It's an invitation for someone to look inward and say, this is what I'm bringing into that relationship. Because in order to see the other as not irrational and against an immense sky, we need to understand that there's always a rationale behind their behavior. And it's usually love, safety, or belonging. It's usually a wish for love, safety, or belonging. The challenge is that their behavior can trigger us and our behavior can trigger them. And so the trick is to really interrupt that pattern and go back to sort of the previously agreed upon structures. Does this resonate? Yeah, it it does very, very much so. I've been thinking a lot about the question you know, how do we regularly, regularly connect with purpose? And I think that question really, you know, what is the story I'm telling myself uh, is, is helpful in giving that framework of stopping and pausing um, with so many uncertainty and so much, you know, just the company itself and ambiguity within what we're trying to do here. But how do Matthias and I regularly and purposefully connect um, and, fi- and, ca- and carve out that time and space. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, um, operating agreement exercises, um, things like, uh, where we, we, where we seek to answer the same question, such as, you know, when I'm angry, I need, or the best way to approach me is, um, or when I'm feeling overwhelmed and stressed by too much email, the best thing to do is not to send me more email, right? I mean, all just simple little tools. Those are really, really helpful. Mm. But they're most effective against the framework of being able to check right back in and strengthen 
what is going on inside of you. Because here's the thing, you know, a core message of everything that we do at the company and everything I do and the, and the core, the book is called Reboot Leadership in the Art of Growing Up. Why? Because I fundamentally believe that leadership challenges give us the opportunity to complete our process, mm-hmm. to become the full catastrophe adults that we were born to be, <laughs> to like grow up. <laughs> I love that. And what's wonderful about consciously committed, intentional relationship is that is like gasoline on the fire of the leadership journey. And so what I'm seeing is not just the commitment to each other for a more humane workplace, but perhaps a commitment to each other to work with each other, to be each other's allies, compadres Mm -hmm. in your own individual development process. Does that feel resonant? I, yes, I, I, this, this for probably the last five minutes, I had to think back and when we talked about structure and, and all that and CTO versus CEO, it's like, for me, like I've been in Sarah's seat, you know, the, the, yes. I've, I've been, I've, I understand what the, what it's like to be in the seat. Uh, and it's, there's this, this, you know, kind of bond of, you know, being in a similar spot of, as you call, as you put it, of growing up. Uh, which I think is, is a good one. It's like we, you know, we, sh- we, share, we share that experience in a way that, you know, I think adds, adds to the relationship. But maybe it's something that's just, you know, gotten a little bit lost and that we, you know, we, uh, you know, that we can use basically to, to, to bring or to continue working on the relationship and the partnership. That's right. That's what's been going through my head for a while, for a couple of minutes now. I mean, there, there's, this, I, there's this funny little image I just had in my head of the two of you, even across nine time zones, even across you know, the video screen, to be able to look each other in the eye and go, oh, okay. Are we together? Yep, we're together. Right? And so you have your pile of work, Matthias. You have your pile of work, Sarah. Right? But the bridge is that empathetic connection so implicit in what Matthias said is, I have been in your seat and I know those feelings. And so then you look across the screen, you look each other in the eye, you give each other a high sign, I'm with you. Shoulder to shoulder, not standing behind, not standing in front. Sarah, easy on the, I am the CEO, I therefore must have all the answers. Matthias, easy on the, I'm an engineer, and so I need to be able to plot this all out to a logical conclusion. I'm teasing you, but, you know. (laughs) No, no, you're right. You're right. Right? Right. And just easy, easy, easy. And you look each other in the eye, and you're together. Okay? Now, I'm going to give you a mutual challenge that will bind you together. We started off this conversation by really asking the question is, what is us? And we explored the story of us. And even though you weren't co-founders in the technical sense, there is something magical that's being created here. And Sarah, your head is nodding. You're like, oh yeah, there's a feeling here. So here's the deeper challenge. Build a company to which you each want to belong. Work on this relationship in this way so that everyone else can model can, can see it modeled in front of them. For what does it mean to have colleagues, compadres, allies, good friends who hold each other to the fierce commitment of growing up? Then reaction becomes not just another successful company, yay, but becomes the means by which not just the two of you grow up, but everybody grows up. And in 10 years' time, the diaspora of ex-company employees who go off and found new companies recreate the whole experience all over again. And isn't that glorious? Mm-hmm. Talk about purpose. How do you feel about that mission, guys? That's a pretty good picture. Yeah, sign me up. It's... Uh... That's what I'm here for. And I think that's really what we 
we connected on early, you know, that I love the term compadres. I love the side by side looking at each other's eyes. I was in San Francisco this week and Matias and I were texting back and forth and just a simple, I was going into some important meetings and just a simple, you got this. Was yes. Exactly what I needed at that time. And I was venting about something and he was like, you can vent to me any, any time. I'm always here for you. I was just like, that's all I needed. I am proud of the two of you. And, and I want you to hold that image of shoulder to shoulder. Not, yes, yeah, sometimes back to back, but back to back is, is against the world. It's shoulder to shoulder. And just mm-hmm. imagine the entire company stands shoulder to shoulder in one big circle. That's a powerful, powerful company. That's a company that people want to work for. That's a, comp- that's a company that gives a sense of belonging and safety. And dare we say love. I, I want to thank you both for some really powerful questions and, and a really important discussion around building this kind of relationship. Would you like to say anything on, as, as we start to wrap, Matthias? I'm, I'm just thinking that this was just such a, a powerful stepping stone towards well, what comes next, basically, which I think maybe even Sarah and I both have hoped it would be for... Um, yeah, I think the timing of this couldn't have, have come at a more important time for our journey and yeah, there's a, I was just thinking of, this might be corny, but I'll, I'll say it. There was a corny is good. (laughs) There's a, a a line in a a song that I've always loved, which is uh, only the curious have something to find. And um, I, I know that in, in this journey with you, Jerry and with Matthias and uh, that we were, we're looking to find a, a deep soulful relationship and that's going to be hard and it's going to be, exciting and we want to do it together and then broaden that out to the company and to our global community. And that's, it's exciting. That is exciting. And as soon as you said the global community, all of a sudden I felt like my body relaxed because it's not just y'all and it's not even just the employees. It's actually the implicit, beautiful commitment to open source. Right. Mm. which is we're all in this together. We're all compadres. Mm-hmm. And that extending that net of belonging as wide as possible. I mean, that, that, that sounds beautiful. I, you know, I want to thank you both for the, for the willingness to, to be risky and to take this first step together in public in this way. It's, um, I know that you'll have helped other people um, in the process as well. So thank you for coming on. Thank you. Thank you for having us, Jerry. If you enjoyed this episode, go to reboot.io slash podcast to listen to all five seasons of our podcast conversations and leave us a review on iTunes. That's the best way for other people to find and enjoy the show just as you have done. And don't forget to join our mailing list at reboot.io slash sign up so you never miss an episode. Thank you for listening. How long till my soul gets it right? Can any human being ever reach that kind of light? I call on the resting soul of Conflict is normal and a healthy part of any relationship. 
What matters is how we acknowledge and move through the conflict that can make or break teams and companies. Reboot's co-founder course was created to take you and your co-founders through lessons and exercises designed to bring understanding, alignment, efficiency, and satisfaction to your relationship. We hope you find this work nourishing and positively life-changing, changing both for you and for your organization. To learn more and to sign up for the free email course, head to reboot.io slash co-founder reboot.